pam pararam pararam 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 pam pararam Я пішов селом, я в лісні надвечір, я вітер капелюха звіяв на подвір'я. Мого капелюха, пото ти в подвір'я. Дівчина із хати глянула, й метулась дала, капелюха й весело сміхнулась. Дала капелюха і мені. Йду сьогодні знову вітру, вже немає свого капелюха, сам туди кидаю, йду сьогодні вітру немає, кидаю капелюха, сам кидаю вітру, вже немає серці за вірюха дівчини, не видойду за капелюхом, усім курам на сміх сам за капелюх. And a fabulous a cappella group from Ukraine called Pikardiska Terzia, and that was a song about a cap, Kapaluch. Dobry večer, šenovni radio suhačita, vitaju vas vsih na radio programu Naš Holos Radio Ukrinskoho Korinja, kotra podjetje vam jak svečajno, šo sobote, o šosti hodeni, na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB, v misti Vancouveri i pomereži PCJ Radio Mižnorodnomu. Pri mikrofoni Pavina Makwari, Diako Juščorišale, Parebuta Zimnoju, Nastupnu Hodenu, Mamajmo Dušici Kavina Vene Nasjonišnji Prohami i Čudovu Ukrinsku Muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchik-McQuarrie, Pukrinska Pavina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. Once again, this week we've got uh, Ukrainian Jewish heritage and uh, all about a Jewish holiday that's coming up. As well, we've got episode two of Pesinka Power podcast with Joan Brander from right here in Richmond, and she'll be telling you all about the origins of that incredible Ukrainian folk art of Pesinka, Ukrainian Easter egg decorating. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, a song that goes back oh, a little ways because it was written by Ukraine's national bard, Taras Shevchenko, who lived in the 19th century in Ukraine, and his music carries on. Here is the Canadian Banduras Capella from Toronto with Harai Kobzariu which translates as Play Kobzar.
to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com.
Ukraine's national bard, Taras Shevchenko. That was a song, um, a sad song about a young girl who was at odds with her mother. And that was called Litichalka Cherezbalku, A Jackdaw Flies Over a Ravine. Well, we're going to pick things up a little bit. So if you're into dancing, lace up your dancing boots. If you're observing Lent and you're not dancing, well, just you could probably get away with letting your toes tap to this one. We've got Anton Mukarski up next and Chapilka. <laughs> Та й супой широкий, розляглось під вербами село Чопілки. Там і грають блюзі, хлопці одинокі, і серце моє крають вишньоокі дівки. Ввечері у п'ятницю прийду з роботи, скину я спитівку та керзові боти. Чуб на брьоліню діну джинцелевіс, буду рвати струни, наче справжній еліс. А хтось у Київ пнеться, та й покращу долю, а мені миліші ці квітом криті балки. Співає моє серце, наче птиця на волі, серце я залишив у селі Чобілки. Як ракета по хайвею летить моя волга, до Чобілки лишилось недовго. Знаю суміш вибухова, наче той толуол, пиво, кохання та рок-н-рол. Прийду з роботи, скину я спецівку та керзові боти Чуб на бреоліню, тіну, джинцелевіс Буду рвати струни, наче справжній яліс А хтось у Київ пнеться, та й покращу долю А мені миліші ці квітом криті балки І співає моє серце, наче птиця на волі Серце я залишив у селі Чаделки Та й покращу долю, а мені миліше ці квітом криті балки І співає моє серце, наче птиця на волі Серце я залишив у селі Чопілки Своє серце я залишив у селі Чопілки Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Purim is a holiday Jews observe in memory of an ancient Jewish victory. The story of Purim is recounted in the Book of Esther in the Bible. It's a story of treachery and warfare in the ancient world but it has eerie parallels with the bloody 20th century in Europe. About 2,500 years ago, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. He banished the Jewish people from Israel to Babylonia. 
Fifty years later, Babylonia was defeated by Persia, the most powerful kingdom in the world at that time. Akashverosh was the second Persian king, also known as Xerxes the Great. One day he threw a lavish party and ordered his queen Vashti to dance at the extravagant feast. Vashti refused, which infuriated the king. On the advice of his counselors, he deposed and banished her, as an example to other women who might get the idea to disobey their own husbands. The king now needed a new queen, so he sent his men in search for someone even more beautiful than Vashti. In the capital city, Shushan, a Jewish orphan named Hadassah lived with her uncle Mordecai, the leader of the Jews. She was kind and gentle and very beautiful. When the king's men came for Hadassah, Mordecai said to his niece, Don't be afraid, but don't tell them you are Jewish. Use your Persian name, Esther. God will watch over you. As soon as the king saw Esther, he was struck by her beauty and promptly chose her as his new queen. Esther kept her secret, but did not forget her Jewish faith. To help her keep track of the days and remember which day was the Sabbath, she appointed seven maidservants, one specific maid for each day of the week. Every day Mordecai sat outside the palace gate, waiting for a visit and news from Esther. One day he overheard two men plotting to kill the king. He told Esther, who revealed the plot to the king and saved his life. Mordecai's act of kindness was preserved in the chronicles of the king. Soon after, Xerxes appointed Haman, the richest man in the kingdom, as his viceroy or prime minister. He was the king's second in command. Haman wore a large medallion, engraved with a picture of an idol. Since Jews are forbidden to worship or honor idols, Mordecai refused to bow down to Haman. When Haman found out Mordecai was not bowing down to him and why, in revenge he devised a scheme to annihilate every Jew in the empire. Meanwhile, Mordecai learned of the plot and shared it with Esther. Risking her own life, she revealed her Jewish identity to the king, along with Haman's plot to have her and her people killed. In a rage, the king ordered Haman to be hanged, on the very same gallows Haman had built for Mordecai. Mordecai was promoted to Haman's position as viceroy, and Jews were granted protection throughout the land. The king allowed Mordecai and Esther to write a decree allowing the Jews to defend themselves from attacks. On the thirteenth day of the Hebrew month of Adar, the Jews defeated five hundred of their enemies, including Haman's ten sons, who were hanged in Shushan. Purim is celebrated on the 14th of Adar, the day after the Jews emerged victorious against Haman. Mordecai and Esther called the holiday Purim, which literally means lots. Haman cast lots to determine the day he would carry out his genocidal plan. The Jewish community of Ukraine celebrates Purim by remembering the Hamans of the 20th century, Stalin and Hitler. Like Haman's ten sons, in 1946, Ten of Hitler's top associates were put to death by hanging. An eleventh Nazi, Hermann Göring, committed suicide the night before the execution, a parallel to the suicide of Haman's daughter. There are rumors that Göring was a transvestite, making that an even more accurate parallel. In 1953, Stalin was planning to deport most of the Jews in the Soviet Union to Siberia. But before he gave the order, he suffered a stroke, and died a few days later. According to a popular story, a Rebbe was asked to give a special blessing on Purim for the Jews of the Soviet Union. It was 1953, and the Jews were facing grave danger. Instead of giving a blessing, the Rebbe told a story. A Jewish man was out voting in the Soviet Union one day. He heard people cheering for the candidate, who was of course handpicked by the state. The man didn't want to join the crowd in cheering, but was afraid not to. So while out loud he was cheering, Hurrah! Hurrah! In his heart he was thinking in Hebrew the words, Hurrah! Which mean, in translation, He is evil. So, with Stalin in mind, the Rebbe's gathering began chanting, Hurrah! That very night, on Purim in 1953, Stalin suffered his fatal stroke. Despite its tragic aspects, the holiday of Purim is for Jews a jolly celebration of victory and survival. 
Across Ukraine today, even in war-torn areas, Jews observe and celebrate Purim. They hold performances depicting the history of the holiday and the unity of the Jewish people, throw raucous costume parties, and of course enjoy plenty of delicious Jewish food. Traditional dishes include kreplach, meat-filled dumplings often served in soup, and triangular cookies filled with poppy seeds or jam called hamantaschen, meaning Haman's ears. Charitable giving also plays an important role in the celebration of Purim. In 2019, Purim happens from sunset Wednesday, March 20th, until nightfall of Thursday, March 21st. This year, Purim falls in the Jewish year of 5779. This is Pavlina with Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on behalf of Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
Chopin from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. That was the Lestilka Ukrainian Orthodox Choir and Orchestra with a song called Kozachka Tvoya, and You Are My Cossack Sweetheart. Up next, more words of Shevchenko, and this is performed by a group from Montreal, a young girl group called Rosa, and here they are now with a song about the village, Selo. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Редактор 
A jedna zaplačet, boja i brat A druga zaplačet, boja i svat A treta zaplačet, bo plakate mu se Bovo navid mene, prsten noset A treta zaplačet, bo plakate mu se Bovo navid mene, prsten noset Edmonton, Alberta, that was Migrena from their CD, Beauty is Not Contagious. And this song was called Karta, which translates as the letter. And uh, it's kind of a lively rendition of that song. The words are kind of sad. They're about um, a letter of conscription. And that's a letter that would change a young man's and his family's and sweethearts' lives forever. Migrena with Karta. Up next... Metro Bohush with the immortal words of Tarashevchenko, Zapovit, my testament. Широко на вкраїні милі, щоблений широко полі, і Дніпро і кручі, було видно, було чути, як ревери вучі, щоблений широко полі, і Дніпро і кручі, було видно, було чути, як ревери вучі. Як понесе з України у синє море, кров ворожу, а той діє, і лани, і гори, все покину і полину до самого Бога, буду молитися, а до того я не знаю Бога, все покину і полину. До самого Бога Буду молитися, а до того Я не знаю Бога Поховайте та вставайте Гайдани порвіте І вражую свою кров'ю Волю кропіте І мене все великі and you're listening to my Pesinka Power podcast. I love Ukrainian egg decorating. I've been doing it for several decades, ever since I was a child. 
I've amassed so much knowledge and experience over those years, I thought that podcasting would be a great way to share my passion with you. I'll be telling you about their history, legends, and symbols. On the practical side, there's tools and techniques used in making them, hints, tips, and do-it-yourself projects to talk about. Did you know that the fate of the world depends on Pesinka? There's an ancient Ukrainian legend that says, as long as Pesinka are being made, evil will not prevail over good in the world. They're one of the greatest traditions of all time, so I hope that my podcast will inspire you. In this episode, we'll glimpse into the ancient origins of Pesinka. I've also got some stories and legends about these magical and powerful eggs to share with you. The origins of these incredible eggs began in Ukraine, where my ancestors came from. Although other cultures around the world decorate eggs in various ways, the symbolism and technique of Pesinka belong to Ukrainians. You'll recall from episode 1 that symbols on Pesinka are written with wax. They're not painted nor stenciled, which is why we say we write Pesinka. We don't paint them. How long have Pesinka been around? Well, it's believed they've been written since pagan times, before Christianity. Over time, the symbols and their meanings evolved and changed. This was so that they would fit into the new religious beliefs of the people. So I've done some research to substantiate the origins of Pesinka in Ukraine. This is what archaeologists have found. In 2008, they uncovered fragments of a 300-year-old Pesinka on a real chicken egg, by some miracle, it was preserved all those years in layers of 17th century Ukraine. Then, in 2013, they discovered the oldest known pesinka. It was written on a goose egg over 500 years ago. I'm so amazed with these discoveries. Real eggs are so fragile, so how incredible is it that they were so well preserved? They're kept in museums in Ukraine for future generations to appreciate. My dream is to travel there one day and see the Lviv Pesinka in the Pesinka Museum in Kolomea, or the remains of the Baturin Pesinka being restored in the State Historical and Cultural Reserve in Chernihiv. Today, people love to repeat and recreate those ancient eggs. They reveal both pagan and Christian symbols, but the ancient designs seem to be the ones that people gravitate to. That makes sense, though. Those symbols have deep-rooted meaning. You'll learn more about those symbols and their meanings in future episodes. Now, I'd like to take you down my memory lane and tell you my experience with stories and legends. Traditionally, the ritual practiced by Ukrainian women while they wrote these symbols on eggs included saying a silent prayer. They asked for different blessings for each egg because they believed their good wishes traveled with the pesinka. I learned the tradition of pesinka when I was a young girl at the hand of my baba, my grandmother. But my sessions of making pesinka with her were not always steeped in prayer nor silence. At times, she would tell me stories and legends. The one that captivated me was the ancient pagan legend that the fate of the world depends on the pesinka. It's the one I mention in my introduction to this podcast. The story goes that an ancient vicious monster lies heavily chained to a huge cliff. Each year, the monster's allies keep score of how many pesinke are being made around the world. When few pesinke are being made, the chains loosen and evil begins to destroy the world. But when many pesinke are being made, the chains of the monster tighten, allowing love to conquer evil. I love that story. As I sit here recording this episode, spring hasn't arrived yet. I'm looking out the window and it's cold out there. I hear the snow geese flying by. And the scene reminds me of another story my Baba shared with me. It goes like this. One cold and bitter winter came so quickly that migrating birds had no chance to fly to warmer lands. They suffered in the cold and began to fall to the ground. Peasants gathered the frozen birds and brought them into their homes. They fed them and warmed them throughout the winter. When spring came, the peasants opened their homes and allowed the birds to fly free. The story says that the birds flew away for several days and then returned, and when they did, they brought a pesinka for each of the peasants in thanks for saving their lives. Is my voice trembling? Because retelling the stories always chokes me up a little. Even after so many years, I'm still touched by them. Whenever I sit down before a lighted candle with my beeswax, kiska, and eyes, I'm drawn into the ancient world of the pesinka. 
In the same way that my ancestors believed in their power, I too write symbols on eggs that are the pagan symbol of life. I hope you enjoyed this part of the episode and learned something from it. Let's move on and talk about pests and care resources to support this topic of history and legends in a commentary I call Books and Bits. I'll include a commentary in each episode of the podcast to let you know about the sources of information in this segment or on my website, www.babasbeeswax.com. The ancient history of Pesenke has not been forgotten. It's been around and continues to be passed down through the generations, just like it did with me and my Baba. Fortunately, many of these legends and stories are preserved in print form. So, if you're ready to learn more about the ancient origins of Pesenke, and tell stories about them yourself, you can purchase one of the many books that are available. Many of them tell other stories, like the ones I shared in this podcast. And there's some wonderful children's books featuring colorful characters and the beautiful Pesenke they create. What child doesn't love a story? I sure did. You'll get stories, legends, and more in my book, Pesenke on Paper, an activity book for children, published by Baba's Beeswax. I highly recommend ordering the book and reading it with your own children or grandchildren. It's fascinating to discover the magic of Pesenke. It also makes a great gift for your teacher as it's jam-packed with learning aids they can use in their classrooms. The activities in it are a lot of fun and they teach so many important lessons all through Pesenke. Some of the other things covered in the book are puzzles, games, and art projects. There's something in it for all ages. You can order Pesenke on paper, an activity book for children, along with your supplies, kits, and other books from my store, Baba's Beeswax. Just go to www.babasbeeswax.com and see it there. Right beside the listing of the book on the Baba's Beeswax online store is an icon that links you directly to a book preview on our YouTube channel. There's several playlists on the YouTube channel, from how-tos and DIYs to workshops and events. You can even peek into the workings of Baba's Beeswax to see who we are and how we make things. But the playlist I'd like to point you to is the book preview video clips. It shows me browsing through the pages of Pesenke on Paper, an activity book for children, so you can see the format, the colorful cover, and contents of featured Pesenke designs. This book is also available on Amazon.com and from other Ukrainian bookstores. Join me again for the next episode of Pesenka Power Podcast, when you'll learn about one of the essential tools I talk about in Episode 1. It will be all about Pesenka dyes. As you recall, Pesenka are not painted. The way we put color on eggs is by using dyes. Pardon the pun, but I'm dying to tell you all about it. You'll learn how to prepare and store dyes, which colors to choose for the best results, and where and how to purchase them. Until then, if you're interested to learn more on your own, visit my website, www.babasbeeswax.com. Before I go, allow me to tell you about Baba's Beeswax and how you can get in touch with me. Back in 1991, sitting around the dining room table with my family, it got me thinking that, well, maybe I should do more with my egg decorating hobby. We came up with the whimsical name Baba's Beeswax. Since then, Baba's Beeswax has been doing a lot of buzzing. We have a website at babasbeeswax.com. Our studio comes alive with workshops and demonstrations. We write books, pamphlets, teaching aids, and videos. We have a library for all the publications we produce and collect. Not only that, we have a gallery of all the pesenke we've made and collected. Please drop by for a visit. We're located in Richmond, British Columbia. If you like shopping in person, it's very easy to get to. We're not far from the Vancouver International Airport. And for our American friends, we're just a few hours drive north of Seattle. For shopping on the internet, you can visit our online store at babasbeeswax.com. We've had it since 1997. Pardon the pun, but we've been buzzing around for a long time. We're doing our best to keep up with technology, so we're connecting with you on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. Now we're podcasting, and we're very excited to be doing that. You too can follow the buzz by giving us your comments or a thumbs up. We're here to help you choose kits and supplies, 
like the beeswax, kiska, and dyes you'll need. You can get everything you need all year round, not only at Easter. In case you missed anything, you can listen to my podcast again. We've put the audio file on our website, babasbeeswax.com. Or you might like reading along, so we've put the transcript there too. That's it for me, Joan Brander of Baba's Beeswax. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. now has a Patreon site, and I hope as a listener you'll consider supporting the show with a donation there. 
Nasholis is not funded by government and has no corporate financing, so as little as a dollar a month will make a huge difference. Your money will be put to good use to help cover the myriad costs of keeping a show like this online and on the air. So please check out our Patreon page. There are links everywhere on the Nasholis website, www.nasholis.com, or just go to patreon.com and search for Nasholis. Shcheradyakuyu. Bunny from Winnipeg with Uhorech Karpatach in the Carpathian Mountains. And before them, Alexei Kerekesha with Fata Morgana and more words by Tarashevchenko, a song about the Ottoman Hamalia. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nashholos.com where you'll find the archived audio files, transcripts, and podcast feed for Nashholos features like Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, Knishka Corner Book Review, guest interviews, and of course, the whole show. Also, if you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon, and there's a link at the website for that as well. Again, that's www.nashholos.com. And our proverb of the week translates as a good master has good apprentices. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So one last song for you by Malodzi from Winnipeg and uh, this was the theme song of a Ukrainian program from when I was growing up and it was originally done by Al Cherny, I believe that was the theme that was used, but this one is by Malodzi and it is called The Early Bird of Spring. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.